Howdy ho, universe. It is 2-2-2 on this, the 4th of May in the year 2023. So, in the numerology world, at least here in America, it's 5-4-2-3. Which, not as cool as 5-4-3-2, but how many of us are going to live another 100 and... Uh, what, nine years? Yeah, my math skills might be a little hampered by the uh, copious amounts of marijuana I've ingested. This episode, well, if I call it an episode, that sounds like it's a fucking podcast. This recording, this diatribe, this uh, public barfing of my own inner thoughts, well, this is being sponsored by Jack Herrera, Super Lemon Haze, uh, what were those two over there? Um, uh, good question. Not as good a question now because Golden Goat and Motor Breath number 15 are the answers. I am also planning on going down the road of, uh, Cindy 99 and Bruce Banner. I will also be enjoying some sunshine, whatever that is, as well as some uh, Jenny Kush, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, we all know what Jenny Kush is. Tropical Flow, hello. Sour Chills. Uh, we will be down White Runts and Metal and Mac Road, and then we'll finish up on Blue Cheese and Lemon Boof. Oh, and not to leave out the syringes, because that's Blue Dream and uh, Sweet Jack. So, yeah, I do like uh, to ingest the THC. You know me. And since it's, what is it, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Well, I almost, will I get it done by Saturday? I think I will. I almost have the house in take mushrooms shape. And, I mean, I could take mushrooms right now. It's, it is so much more organized, clean, and presentable than it's been in probably three years that I could certainly give myself credit mentally for all the improvements. But I still need to fucking deal with the kitchen. And so the real project for the next, and, and frankly the outside, but I've done a lot of work outside. There's just still more to do. Um, however, the front room, the bedroom, the office slash fitness room, um, are all in really good shape. So, so is the dining area in the front room, the whole, everything that is basically where I live except the kitchen and the bathroom has issues that I have to fix. But other than those two areas, the house has probably never looked better because how many people take a month off just to clean their house? Well, I did. Well, it hasn't been a month yet. Has it been a month? No, it'll be a month on Tuesday. So I've been uh, voluntarily out of work um, because I just needed some time to get my fucking shit together. And mentally, I was just pressing on too many things that were stalling or, or frankly, um, throwing roadblocks up left and right. And then my emotions got all fucked up in February. And so it was just... Uh, it was a month, or it was a month. It was a uh, 
a run of 2023 opening that left me with really no other way to feel like I could reset my situation other than to quit my job. So I did. <sighs> I actually don't really know why I quit my job, which is strange. This is now the second time. Well, the first time, does a psychotic episode count? I didn't like have a have a workplace shooting incident that forced me to quit my job or anything. I'm saying I have one I quit moment of my life that I don't remember. I blacked it out. And I say I don't remember it because I literally went to work the next day after quitting the night before. So that is a story not many people have, but I have it. And so I didn't do that this time. No, this time I was, I mean, I'd been disgruntled for weeks, to be fair. I, well, I've been disgruntled the whole time I worked there. It's a corporate fucking big box store, so what else is it going to be? But I had been particularly disgruntled in the last, it, since 2023 began, essentially. And for no good reason. Like, just, I don't know, my panties were all wadded up. They just wouldn't unwad. And it it's some level of persistent, nagging, <laughs> what, dismay, disappointment, disgust, dissatisfaction. All of those disses that you are feeling as you don't even realize they're there underneath everything that your workday encompasses. I think at some point, if I have too much of that going on, I just bubble over. I know this happens to me. And I think when I walked into the office that day, I probably walked in there to say, I got to talk to you because I'm fucking angsty. But I couldn't get that far. Instead, I just said, I got to talk to you. I can give you my two weeks. And even as that phrase was leaving my mouth, I'm thinking, am I really quitting? What the fuck am I doing? So, yeah, well, what I was doing apparently was giving myself time to reorganize and deal with the house, um, get uh, some of my other dangling threads tied up, and more or less lay out where my energy can go to reassert um, myself in terms of finding something productive in my day that doesn't make me feel like I'm building a reservoir of angst that inevitably will overflow and cause me to walk in and say, fuck this situation. Anyway, I could be right, or I could be wrong on this one, but I feel like if you're going to stay in a situation that's eating away at you, then it's almost like you're tolerating... Uh, Torture. And, yeah, I know, that's hyperbole. But if you know a situation is is taking away from your ability to be yourself and have a fulfilling life, then why not change it? Because that's too disruptive? I don't know. I think we get so used to patterned behavior that we don't know how to just deal with a situation that causes us to be more nimble, fluid, and resourceful. We want the comfort of not having to think or something or act 
in a way that we've never acted before and thus are uncomfortable taking that chance? Well, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because during this break, well, maybe I should say that for the end. I don't know. I have a list. I did bring nine things that are on the mm, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. If that rings a bell, then <laughs> sweet. But um, it's more in the profile of, say, Twilight Zone than it is uh, the profile of the Academic Resource for Science, Volume 7, textbook for 12th grade and above. Well, no, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say any of these are in there, but they might, I mean, karma's probably in there, could be. Simulation theory, I'm sure, is in there. Anyway, so, <clears throat> this is my list of, um, should I really believe, and um, it helps my world make more sense if these things are true, and I'm not saying these are even the quirkiest ones I believe, I just think they're rather accessible, and there's legitimate reasons for all of them that I think are grounded in the reality that the rest of you live in, or most of you live in, or maybe even I live in, because I don't deny my delusional state of existence. I've been thinking a lot about how hard it can be to introduce somebody to a concept that is completely 180 degrees around the corner, back behind, and through the bend of what they believe today. And it, you want to have some seminal data point or Hakuna Matata argument moment of, okay, yes, I realize I am now able to see the light and will 180 degrees turn around and start going that direction because I now know all of that was wrong. Ah, no, 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 no. In fact, what I've now come to see is that the movement that's going to unwind all the lies is the movement that's just willing to stand up, be accountable, and stop the shenanigans. The support necessary to get us past this episode of chicanery that we're currently enduring is to set the example of what a life without chicanery looks like. And it needs to come from the community. There are plenty of individuals doing this. And it's starting to get communal, so I'm not trying to pretend that there isn't some credit here that needs to be acknowledged. There is a wave of response to our situation that is building. What I'm trying to indicate through this little diatribe is that if you're part of the building process, do not get frustrated when you feel you're alone on that island because that's what the building process is about. Still being able to say what needs to be said even when you're alone on that island, even when you know nobody's really listening, because... It's just the tiniest little bit of root that you're planting in the ground that is the foundation of somebody who really doesn't want to hear it. They may not really want to hear it, and they may disregard you entirely to the point of being defiant, oppositional, counter-attacking. 
And yes, this leaves you exposed to emotional redress or, or worse. And, and yeah, that's, I suppose, the burden of our existence is to suffer the misguidedness, the unsure and uncertain and, uh, and insecure development it is to have to come to grips with how many people have manipulated you at what level and if you're not going to allow that branch root babbling brook name your estuary of choice that is able to grow into a true vein of change well just believe that the turning point is about how much of this we can connect to each other, not how much of a glorious mark of I get it now you can convey. Just lead your life with the accountable truth determining pursuit of destiny that exists and that example will change eventually every mind out there that's stuck. <clears throat> so, having the argument with myself here over the last 48 hours in two different ways, I, uh, I, I just wanted to remind myself that this battle does not go away. We are living in times of self-protection, self-interest, and the outcomes therein. And without dropping the, <laughs> the assembled countenance that comes with living in that society entirely and forgiving all of it, Acknowledging that any of it that exists today is something that I certainly could have fallen into myself. So I do understand. I do forgive. Because ultimately I'm just kind. And I'm not here to cast punishment and retribution against misdeeds of the past. I'm not sure that going forward we can't change our past through doing things in the future that are completely misaligned with the past that we know because now our past has to align with the future we created. <clears throat> I didn't even make my list of mumbo-jumbo shit I believe. But I do believe I better go get something to drink. Pause. Unpause, pause. Uh, unpause, pause. Unpause, pause. Okay, unpause. All right. <clears throat> We're uh, 15 and a half minutes into this thing, and I swear after the last two, I'm not going to let this one go past. <laughs> I'm not swearing anything on that, actually. But uh, asking anyone to listen to something that's an hour long to me, unless you really have an hour's worth of material, me just wandering mind-numbingly into whatever wilderness I decide to inhabit, uh, uh, no. And fortunately, this round, 
Uh, I've got my list of nine mystical shit uh, things that I believe. Um, and I was going to hit the bong on every one of these with a different concentrate. So that's the plan. Yay! Good plan. I like it. I'm going to join that plan. Oh, I made that plan. I'm going to just enact it. And we're going to enact number nine here with... Should we start with Metal and Mac? No, let's start with the other one. It looks more fragile. So we will be starting with Tropicana Flow. These are uh, what are called trim uh, run concentrates. Basically, after they've taken away all the nugs and the trichomes and all the highest quality part of the plant, and then they've just basically got what's left, the batch, well, they can tumble that into some decent concentrate at really low prices. And that's what we're going to start with, Tropicana Flow. A combination of, I'm sure, some Tropicana variety plus some flow variety. Alright, number nine. Should come after this sip. Okay. I believe that I am on an even Stephen Karma contract. Um, I believe it to the point that, um, I think if I were to, um, and I, I don't believe karma is enacted on every decision we make, <clears throat> but I do believe there are decisions we make in which karma is in play all time at all times that you are constantly moving your karma needle up and down against the expectation of your future development in karmic return. So if you are creating negative karma on which you must serve comeuppance because that is the role that this particular vertical is going to assert, well, then you have no choice. You will serve that comeuppance, including and up to the termination of your contract to be here. I believe that your karma can swell so negatively into the field of energy that is humanity that that field of energy can come take you out. Um, so the way I look at karma is, uh, for instance, one of my crossroads that I intersected in the last year, and this is with an individual, was a karmic crossroad. It was a point in time that was going to be reflective of the life I had led up until that point. And having, in this particular vertical, not been very honorable, well, this crossroads turned out to be mm, rather uneventful. In an opportunity to ascend into some rare uh, cooperative connection, um, I, didn't, I didn't have enough of my karma intact to leverage that advantage. And I know that you can, in, at times, really sense the karmic development, this, those energy fields around you. I, I, this is the one I think that we can get the closest to accessing without full-on unlocking our mind into some level of ESP connection. Because if someone is in your life to help you karmically move the needle... Or if you're in someone else's life to serve that same purpose, your, your buffering of 
energy around them is more hmm, programmed. I don't know how to put it. You will you will know these connections exist because it's almost like you can't unwind the momentum that they're creating. You're just going to participate. At what level you participate is the question. But drawn into the vortex that is this scenario, you can't help. And that's, of course, what a five-year-old would describe as um, knowing who in your life might have value and who doesn't. But I'm finding... Um, I'm finding myself much better off letting my karma always settle in the center and not pushing for any um, extreme variance in either direction. And so I don't hold myself accountable to perfect behavior by any means. And I don't even hold myself accountable to treating the people around me perfectly um, with dignity and respect, yes. But there are times when I'm just my own little bitch for whatever reason. And uh, I know it, but I've been able to tranquilize the arrows that are being flung at me from the subconscious to conscious directions of those around me, even those around me who I have somewhat uh, transgressed against. Or to which we have enough history that there's some static there that just can't help but occasionally discharge. And <clears throat> I used to be, <laughs> especially in situations where I thought I was on the ledger of needing to be, uh, needing compensation for previous activity. I, I No, I don't, I don't even, you know what? Somewhere, whatever, whatever I've got, that someone else is saying, dude, what are you going to come around and fucking deal with that shit that you've left undone is out there. Plenty of it. And so if I have to leave dangling threads so that other people can have a tiff and just be, I don't know, whoever they need to be for a moment of displeasure, hey, uh, you know what? <laughs> Go for it. I really, I really have gotten to the point now where I'm so even Steven on my day, I don't know what would really disrupt me. I really don't. I mean, I can imagine hugely disruptive events that would disrupt anybody. But the day-to-day stuff that comes along... In fact, I think that's what I'll do. I'll spend this entire next... What do we got left? We got eight months in this year? Seven? What? And we got eight. Uh... Uh, I'm going to see if anything this year can knock me so far off center that I react in the situation as something other than myself. I can't imagine it coming. But having said that, I'm sure I've now invited it to happen. But my even Stephen karma is... I don't know if I could go to the Seinfeld level and throw a $20 bill out the window and find 20 bucks that next day. But I wouldn't really bet against it. So, all right, and obviously I'm paying homage to the original idea where it came from, and not that that's something I give a shit about, I don't believe in intellectual property, but I do know that the Seinfeld episode where he uh, talks about his even Stephen karma was a episode where I thought, fuck man, 
That's totally what my life is like. So, thank you, Seinfeld. If for no other reason, I thank you for that. Pause. Okay, Medlin Mac has <clears throat> successfully been ingested, so on to number eight. Uh, this one's weird, but I can't get away from it. And that's that either I'm an NPC or you are. And I don't go so far in the simulation theory as to think that I'm the only brain active in this entire composite world of infinite possibility. Though I guess it's as reasonable as the one I'm about to throw out there. I think even if the situation is that there's a variety of NPCs in a universe filled with souls being tested, whatever, brains in, in soul school, whatever the rest of the active free will, if you will be so generous as to grant me that term, characters in the universe could be. Well, there is that thing, and I believe it's in the Bible, I don't know. I've read some religious texts as academic resources in a college course, so I don't have a whole lot of familiarity with where any of this comes from, but I know that one of the main religions speaks of 144,000, um, I believe it is Christianity, it's after the, um, what's that thing where everybody gets raptured? Rapture. Whatever. I don't know. Okay? But in my world of pseudo-religion uh, amalgamated nonsense, there are 144,000 people who supposedly are uh, the non-player character uh, band, or the, the band against the non-player characters. I'm not really sure what they're supposed to be doing, but I believe they are the the group that is here to defy the uh, ridiculousness that is going on. So do I believe that's possible? Well, fuck yeah, I believe that's possible. In fact, I don't have it on here, but if this world isn't one of two things to me, either a soul school where we're enduring the chaotic duality of existence that humanity presents to better ourselves as, as empathetic and universal beings of understanding, or we're here in prison in some sort of retribution for actions taken and deeds done at other times and spaces. None, none of the rest of it makes sense to me. <clears throat> but those two do. Those aren't even on my list. But in both those scenarios, either I'm an NPC... And I have plenty of reason to believe that it could be that I am. Except that I doubt my own existence to the point that it's hard to believe that would be programmed in. But maybe that has to be programmed in to make the whole thing effective. <clears throat> Who knows? Um, but I don't, I can't see where I'm just the only thinking being here. Especially given some of the, well, how do you know? You can never know the answer to these questions. But if I had to put it in here, this isn't just some situation where there aren't non-player characters, I guess is what I'm getting down to. I don't think all of us are working with the same skill set, tool set, care set that I am. Um, I just see too many examples of 
of what I can only describe as zero humanity. So, um, either that's programmed into me so that I can speak these words and share this opinion and thus influence all you true-thinking people, or I'm a thinking person watching the fabric of the quilt of insanity that it is to participate with a bunch of programmed robots. Hard to say which, but I, I suppose I'm down to one of the two options. Well, speaking of options, I'm going to pause and go see what Cindy99 is doing over there. Be right back. Unpause. <clears throat> All right. Having uh, already visited Cindy99, and that's Cindy99 with the white, which is a common uh, hybrid around here, so I have to think that that's uh, easy-to-grow uh, sativa blend. Uh, and frankly, I enjoy it, so keep it up. All right. And I enjoy this, so I hope this keeps up, which is I communicate with dogs. And yeah, 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 I get it. We all communicate with dogs. But dogs talk to me. Like, I <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but I've always been closer with dogs than people, number one. And I know there are a lot of people just like me, so don't think this is unique, even this part of it. But working at Home Depot... I would frequently have dogs come to me having broken the leash or broken the hold of their owners, which is strange. Trust me. It's strange enough that it got noticed. And, um, it, it, and, and every, every eye contact slash moment I have to interact with a dog that is new to me is exceptional, and I always feel like I'm getting the lowdown of exactly what their situation is. And it's 95% awesome. But there's one or two dogs out of 50 that come along that you can tell are in dire straits and desperate need, and they'll share that with me somehow. <clears throat> so dogs communicate with me. And I 100% believe this. And I believe this one on this list longer than any of them. Even as a kid, I used to think this. So, I don't think I can imagine a life where I don't have a dog in it. Or two. I don't know about three. Three's a lot of dogs. Once you get to three, then you're forcing the dogs to decide who's the leader. Two dogs don't have to make that decision. There's not enough hierarchy territory that has to be established. But once you've got a threesome, well, somebody has to lead the other two. So... If you're going to have three dogs, then you might as well have ten. Okay. That means I need to um, visit Bruce Banner. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm buzz. I was able to keep Bruce Banner calm. So, you're welcome. Uh, him bringing that nice, consistent little butter that he's got mm. some of these live butters that are floating around Denver lately are just tremendous I wonder if Bruce Banner Bruce Banner is definitely in my top 10 weed profiles I don't know if it's in the top 7 or 6 or 5 yeah I don't think it makes the top 6 I don't even know if it makes the top 7 let's see <clears throat> Super Lemon Haze Golden Goat Blue Dream Maui Wowie, Sour Diesel, um, 
What am I leaving off my list? Jack Herrera, would that be sixth? Derby Poison, would that be sixth? Those would be six and seven before I would put Bruce Banner in there, but Bruce Banner might be eighth. Anyway, there you go. Sativas you will enjoy that you can still get regularly in the Colorado area. Number six, my dream land is real. And I've been so confused coming out of dreams that I've had to establish something in reality to know if I'm in reality or still dreaming. Or which one was the dream and which one... I mean, and and I'll go through phases of intense dreaming to the point that I almost don't want to go to sleep for fear of how tired I wake up. If I'm exhausted and I'm going through these phases where my dream nights are almost... Uh, they they are um, it's it's as if I'm being pushed into uh, regions where uh, I'm I'm going to have to endure something and so I always wake up spent is the word and if that goes on for a while at some point you don't even want to fall asleep and it's led to all kinds of gimmicks to try to get a good night's sleep. But if my dreams are out of control, then I'm, there's nothing I can do about it. And when I come out of especially, um, well, lucid dreams for sure, but there are certain lucid dreams that get so real that I'm in the dream wondering if I'm dreaming. That level of lucid dreaming only comes about twice a year, if that. Because at that point, I'm so confused that waking up is confusing. And I think you wake yourself up out of most lucid dreams. At least I believe you do. And the world's more for me so much that it's hard now for me to say that I'm not the person in this reality I am because of the person I am in my dream life. And because of the characters in my dream life, I know I'm the person I am in this reality. So then what does that make my dream life if not as real as this life? I used to go to bed on other nights hoping for the wisdom that would be imparted in my dreams that I was getting randomly at times and developing a skill enough that I can still go into my dreams and call for certain characters to come Tell me things. How is that not real? So, there you go. I believe all that shit. I also believe I'm due to visit Jenny Kush over there. Hi, Jenny. All right. I hate when I miss the opportunity for a joke. And if 8675309 Jenny Kush wasn't waiting, oh, I'm so dumb. Okay. <clears throat> Number five. Uh, and Jenny Cush did give me her phone number. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm pushing it, I get it. Um, <clears throat> I could have put this ninth, and you know what? I didn't, and I started to write it as number nine, because, of course, it's such a pedestrian prediction that people believe, but I believe that in my lifetime, a calamity is coming, and I hate that I believe this, but... <clears throat> I've always known two things coming to this planet. And one of them was that I was here to witness something. 
and unfortunately endure that something because I don't believe whatever this something is is something pleasant. And uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know the guy on the corner right now is saying the same shit. But I didn't used to believe a calamity was coming. In fact, I used to believe I might be here to witness, like, the ultimate ascension, yakety yak, of mankind's transcendent placement into their hmm, predestined fulfillment. I don't know. But because of number six, where my dreamland is so real, when I speak of waking up confused about whether or not I was still dreaming or if this was the dream, the real situations in which those would happen were coming out of my apocalyptic calamity dreams. And unfortunately, my apocalyptic calamity dreams had enough overlap in my reality here with individuals describing exactly the same dream that it started to really freak me the fuck out. And it still does, to be honest. Because it's not like it's gone away. It's not like the foreboding reality that it presents isn't still as easy to bring forward in my mental imagery as anything else I've got. And so I don't know what to say about all this, but this is how you start to get mystical signals from the universe that hopefully you're just going crazy, right? But these aren't the only times that I've had these types of episodic dreams that turn out to be present. So I don't know if there's a vibration of activity that is imminent that starts to expose itself as a future outcome we are destined to endure. And thus, there's some level of A to B that's occurring that we can't escape and our brains start to tune into that energy level and show it to us in our least conscious states. It's all possible. And I'm not here to argue that any of that even is right. Even if we're sitting in a Star Trek Deep Space 18 writer's room, the first thing you want to do is say, all of that could be wrong. It's all hard to know what to do with these reality experiences when you have them, when there's no explanation other than that's fucking mystically spooky shit. So, I want to drop number five out of my reality forever. But it keeps going up my list. Okay. I think maybe all of us should go have a bomb hit. But I know I should. Pause. Okay, I just heard some thunder, I think, so now that uh, there's some pressure to get on with my day, uh, I will uh, go ahead and talk through the heating of the titanium nail I'm going to make you endure. Um, number four. Oh, okay, yeah. I, and this is something, too, that has really emerged in the last ten years, and that is I fully believe in numeric synchronization now. I believe if you aren't paying attention to the number patterns around you, and what's being randomly displayed at you at any given time, that you're missing signals the universe is sending you. And I, I'm, I'm very convinced that this is now true. And I am somebody who has had number patterns in my life, my whole life, but they have only recently developed some level of portending to my 
circumstance now and what's immediately about to come. Hang on. There's a text I gotta take. Hang on, pause. I'm pause. I'm pause. Alright, I've got uh I've gotta to admit to a mistake. I said I had some blue dream in this uh here syringe, but it's a banner. I forgot that when I went to get the blue dream that I normally stock, uh they didn't have any. So I had to go to my second choice, which in this situation turned out to be Bruce Banner, which means I've doubled down on Bruce Banner. Just two different sources. So while I try to keep the Hulk at bay... Urgh, you would not make me when I'm angry! Alright, I think we, uh... I think we can keep from turning green today, but... Number three... Much like Bruce Banner, I believe I've lived... Or am currently living other lives. And... Not really much like Bruce Banner, because I don't believe I turn into a giant green... Monster. Not monster. Hulk, you're not a monster. You're just a misunderstood comic book hero that never should have gotten nearly as much screen time in Hollywood as you got. But... What is that? Oh, it's a cat. Um, I... No, I, as a matter of fact, I'm so sure of this, positive of this, that um, I'm just waiting for the opportunities for the doors to open to explain some of it. Um, and I don't believe this means that I've been Cleopatra or Alexander the Great or Jesus Christ in a past life of any kind. In fact, I believe past lives are all rather similar to this one, just enduring what you're doing and making it. Um, but, and I also, and I have no idea if the temporal swap of reality that would be living multiple lives can include having lived future lives. I really have no idea how this works, which means the door's open for any kind of possibility of determining how the connections exist. But they do. And for me, they exist palpably. Um, and I, I also, as a corollary to that, would say that... Um, why, why I think I might be living other lives concurrently, which is taking it one step further than just I've lived past lives or I'm living future lives, past lives in this life all at the same time. Well, that would be one way that you could be living concurrent lives. But something in this reality has been strengthening from within me as if I'm gaining other versions of me integrating into the version that is the meta-me that exists in this reality. As if 121 of me all set out to play the game at one point almost 54 years ago and as they've either succeeded or failed in their reality chase the meta-version of me that I'm now experiencing is gaining as much of that as possible, but whatever is not gained through the experiences I've had in the other versions of this reality I've played are mine to be had here in meta version number 121. And I, I don't know how else to say that I feel like I become more of myself 
especially at times when I either act in a certain way that then aligns my character into a position of more self-determination, or I wake up like that. Which is another reason that I think my dreams are real, because I can wake up, not even necessarily sure what the context of my night's sleep was, but in a new, focused, or settled, or centered, or tranquil, or determined, or destined state of life that continues. And, and it, I'm, not, I'm not even sure where some of them come from, but I'm, I'm, an experience, I'm experiencing one as I speak. And I still haven't figured out how it's all settled, so I'm not speaking on it until I have some closure. But it has shifted so dramatically, I'm left flummoxed. And I've been through it multiple times. Okay, speaking of flummox, the next two. Next two. Yeah. All right, I'm paused. Okay, number two. Uh, which one should we hit first? Let's hit the jazz, sweet jack. Which will leave Super Lemon Haze as the final. And if I had to pick, at this point in my life, the weed that I would take to the moon and I can only choose one strain. Well, I think Super Lemon Haze would be the choice. But let's face it, that's never going to happen, right? Because I'm never going to the moon. And that is what number two is. Not that I don't think we've gone to the moon. Or I don't think the moon's real. That's my thing. And yeah, of course, I see the moon in the sky. But what I'm saying is, the moon is artificial. Whatever it is, it is not explainable. Okay, here, I know, I know, I know you're all fucking, the, if anyone listened past the last nine seconds, I don't believe that, number one. Number two, nobody was listening, so that's good. Number three, if you are listening, here's why. Here are my problems with the moon. Number one, no one can explain its existence. None of the physics have been worked out to explain how the moon can be in its current position, orientation, movement, and pace of, uh, of rotation around planet Earth and its physical presence, size, and incident to have occurred. In other words, the collision theory that the moon is the remnant of whatever hit us and it's the leftover that just bounced over there and now is caught by our gravity. Well, someone should be able to work the math out on that, but no one can. Oh, well, yeah, that's just too big a problem. No, no, really it isn't. That's the part that sucks. It isn't. It's the kind of problem that doesn't vet out. So what are we missing? This is physics. This is billiard balls hitting billiard balls. We should be able to, with our ability to determine the, com the composite forces involved, the materials involved, and the nature of what's left, come up with the story of what happened, at least in the aggregate. Nobody, nobody has an explanation. None of them work. So that's problem number one. And this is a problem that's existed our entire 
presence on planet Earth. One thing we've all done is looked up at the moon and thought, well, what the fuck's that doing there? So this is a problem everyone's thought about at least once, if not worked on for their entire passionate life, coming up with no answer. So there's my first argument as to what, as to the moon's artificial. <clears throat> Number two, every picture you've seen of the moon, when you look at it, what do you see? Well, you see craters. And what do you see about those craters? A shit ton of variance in their size, right? The width of the craters, you don't usually see the same size craters next to each other at all. But you see a shit ton of craters. What else do you see? They're all the same goddamn depth. Why? That makes no sense. Unless they're hitting something. Which leads me to number three. The moon, to me, is most explainable as a station to either watch planet Earth's activity or to use as a interactive position of 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 um, <laughs> of wow, what is it when you're cloaked? Uh, of discretion? I don't know. In other words, the third trippiest thing about the moon is the it, we never see the dark side of it. There, we're, there's only one half of the moon that is ever exposed to planet Earth. That is intentional. Nature doesn't create that kind of coincidence. Somebody is allowing one side to be seen so the other side can be cloaked. Now, who did this? Why is it there? What the fuck's all that about? I don't even know. I have no idea. And... I don't even want to go into the most outlandish theories about what that could all be indicating. But what I'm saying is why I believe that over believing that it's a piece of rock up there, just coincidentally reflecting sunlight toward Earth at night so that we can all somewhat see better when it's full. Because those three things are inexplicable. The math should be workable. If it's just a rock that hit a rock that's now spinning around another rock, work it out. Nobody can. If those craters are all different widths, why are they all the same fucking depth? And if it's tidally locked so that we only get to see one half of it, well, come on. At some point, even the fact that its density is one-sixth of what Earth's density is, that doesn't make any sense. If that's a, a situation of galactic collision, again, explain how. What about the uh, explosive device that sent uh, a seismic tremor through the entire skin of the moon for, I believe it was 14 hours. It just rang like a bell. Vibration. So, that's some trippy-ass shit, man. It is. Because if you start to think things like, well, what the fuck does that mean? If the moon is some giant metal spherical object, 
that's been pummeled by asteroids and everything else in the galaxy for 4.7 trillion years and now is sitting over Earth watching us? Well, who the fuck are they? The Anunnaki? Hard to say. Oh, look at this. We're at 52 minutes. I even put a little alert on this so that I would know when I had recorded close to an hour so I wouldn't go to an hour, so we're going to finish right now. That's what she said. Uh, what's my last one? Oh, yeah. Wait, got to do some Super Lemon Haze. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to pause for this. Let's just get this done while we're talking. Uh, all right, I'll pause. I'll be courteous. Okay, now that my lemons have gotten that hazy that they're super, man, oh, man, the last one's weird. In fact, the last one's weird enough that it's, it's number one because it's the hardest to stand by, but all right, if it's not that, what is it? And I do believe that at the highest echelon of leadership and directive power in the world that we're being led by something not human. I don't know if they're lizards wearing meat suits or if they're aliens with an agenda to turn us into productive slaves or if they're the sort of <clears throat> imprisoned spirit of discontent on planet Earth that is simply here to make humans suffer. But I can't, I can't get on board with incompetence anymore. We are so misdirected in terms of our leadership at the highest level that it makes me think it has to be a coordinated subspecies impersonating us that's doing it. Because how else could it be this fucking ridiculous? So, unfortunately... Most of these are revelations I've had to accept. I have to come to these realizations because everything else doesn't really explain it. And I'm not even getting into shit like the Big Bang's all fucked up. But it is. So there you go. There's ten. Because if you're going to make a list of nine, but you didn't mention that the Big Bang's full of holes, well then, I don't know. So many things anymore that just, as you have to come to accept that that's how it really is, life gets tough. The red pill, blue pill decision is no decision. Cypher's a piece of shit. But the unwinding of the matrix, as you come to know that you were participating involuntarily in the whole shebang. Hey, look at that. Working in a little slang from the 30s for you. Um, and no, I'm not looking forward to those 30s. I'm looking all the way back those 90 years when Shebang was the thing. 55 minutes in, I'm going to say, is Shebang the thing?